0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, November 25th, 2015, and you guys are listening to episode number 235. I hope everybody had a good time in between episodes. It's kind of uh, been a short week. I know the last one went out on Friday. This one's going out on Wednesday which uh, should be your regularly scheduled program, but, um, you know, through traveling and all kinds of shit. uh, Sometimes it's a a day or day and a half late, but here we are back to uh, Wednesday, this uh, Thanksgiving Eve here, which I'm looking forward to. I hope everybody uh, is excited and relaxed with their families on Thanksgiving with a lot of things to be thankful for. I know some unhappy people are like, I ain't thankful for fucking shit, but uh, <laughs> there's always those guys, like, fuck that, man. Fuck. I was thankful to the shit at the fan. Um, no, man, I, uh, I am excited to just be sitting home with my family, relaxing. It has been an unbelievably insane last few months, and now I am just chilling out for a little while. Um, got a great show for you guys today. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Saw a movie, got some good sports stuff to talk about. We're going to get to the Unacceptables, of course. So, uh, yeah, sit back and relax wherever you may be. You know, I like to ask, what are you, in the car? Are you at the the gym? Are you at your cubicle? Are you just sitting at home? You outside by a fire smoking a stick with your friends smoking a stick? I know stick lovers love to... Listen to the Verzi Effect wherever you are. Sit back, buckle up, bundle up, don't pay attention at work, and enjoy this episode 235 of the Verzi Effect podcast with me, your host, Paul Verzi. But first, of course, we have to get to the Verzi Effect sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by, as always, gonzofame.com. The very funny, up-and-coming comedian. The extremely talented, the crazy amount of shows this guy does. Dave Gavry over there in Chicago, one of my favorite cities in the world. Had so much fun at uh, the Chicago Theater a couple weeks ago. It, it was uh, amazing. And uh, Dave runs gonzofame.com. And gonzofame.com is an awesome, awesome... Website for you guys to uh, just read the most uh, in-depth and best interviews of your favorite comedians, uh, up-and-comers, uh, established comedians, huge uh, names. I will go as far as let's let's give you guys some. Um, I'll give you some. I'll give you some examples. How about that? I'll give you some examples of how cool Gonzo Fame is. If you're not familiar, or if you never visited, visit it. Give it some hits. I'm telling you. It's uh it's worth it. It's awesome. Uh so gonzofame.com has um a ton of people on there such as uh Hannibal Burris, uh recent ones is uh Big J Okerson, um JF Harris. Um there's just a ton of people on there that uh, you would recognize. My buddy Nori Davis did it, uh, C.J. Sullivan, Chris Porter, Joe Bartnick. Um, it's just uh, Doug Stanhope. So you could go to all of these um, interviews. Tommy Davidson, Kyle Kinane, Giannis Papas, Jeff Ross, Chris Lambeth, Joe Mattaris, some guy named Paul Verzi, um, Ben Bailey. You know, it's just the names go on and, and, and you can just... Um, you know, just read up on them, man, really, I really urge everybody to do that, it's, uh, it's great working with uh, David and and his uh, site, and it's awesome, so please go to GonzoFame.com, also go to All Things Comedy, and you can see um, amazing podcasts on All Things Comedy, like um, The Verzi Effect, the Monday Morning Podcast, The Skeptic uh, Tank with uh, Ari Shafir, And just so many more. Jason Lawheads, uh, Lawheads Court, so many of 70 something. They're also a record label. They did uh, All Things Records, which is the label for my album which is now available in hard copy on my website, and it is up, I'll talk about that afterwards, but please go to allthingscomedy.com and follow them at allthingscomedy on Twitter. That's right, I wanted to announce to everybody, and I was sorry about the delay, we were uh, having some issues with the with the PayPal and all that stuff, but it is all up and it is running, and there are two items for purchase on paulverzi.com right now. And the two items are, there is my album, Paul Versey Night at the Stand, Don't forget that album debuted at number one on iTunes and number four on the Billboard charts. But, I mean, who's bragging? Um, So, you can get that now for $10, a hard copy. I will send it to you. If you want me to sign it, let me know. But they're not pre-signed or anything. They're in shrink wrap. But if you want, I will sign it for you and send it out to you. That is $10. And then I have the $5 um, posters. They're not huge posters, but they're not too small posters. It's not a postcard and it's not a fucking poster that you put on your wall like a basketball player when you were a kid. This is a, um, you know, it's like one of those medium posters of the Versi effect. It says TVE, the Versi effect podcast. It's got a microphone hashtag unacceptable on the bottom of it. You could also see that on my website. So I urge everybody and I know the real diehards because when it went on, all of a sudden I started getting PayPal notices saying, oh, somebody bought the thing, and I really, really appreciate that, so if you're one of the people, thank you, if not, go to paulverzi.com right now, and purchase, uh, and you could do both together, I'll send you both, you'll get a poster, you'll get a CD, and whichever one you want signed, or if you just want them sent to you, not signed, that's fine too, but it's $5 for the uh, TVE poster, and it is $10 for Night at the Stand, which I have the hard copies for, Uh, I appreciate it, guys, Uh, so please go get those, and um, I will ship them right out to you, and thank you very much for the people that already did. Um, Okay, enough of that shit, let's get to the podcast. I want to thank everybody who came out to my shows when I headlined this weekend over at the um, Comedy Connection in Providence, Rhode Island. What a great weekend it was, Um, the owners there, Corey and Dave know how to treat people, know how to treat the comedians. It was an absolutely great time. Uh, Sold out. We had a sellout first show Saturday, and Friday night show uh, was pretty cool, man. It was like three quarters, maybe more full. It was really, really good in there. And then we had the sellout on Saturday, and then the second show Saturday was just a nice, fun crowd. Had a good time um, playing around with the crowd, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you all who uh, came, thank you if you came twice, Uh, some people came twice, you know who you are, so I really appreciate that, Um, it's awesome to uh, go to uh, the New England area and get love like that, because I was not long ago at Laugh Boston, and Laugh Boston almost had a sellout on the Saturday too uh, unfortunately, I will not be going back to the New England area for a while, because I was doing a ton of shit with Burr at the Wilbur, and then I headlined myself at Laugh Boston, which is at the Weston Hotel on the waterfront, and then I headlined, uh, you know, the Comedy Connection, and I just kind of been out that way, uh, the people, like, and I did the Chicopee Room for Marty Caproni the Thursday before, that was amazing, so I'm kind of, kind of, uh, saturated a little bit over there in the New England area, but... The good news is I'm coming back next year with new material and I'm going to have fun with you guys because you guys are the shit and I had a lot of fun. Okay, uh, and that's a great club. Go and support that club. The club is great. The people there are great. The staff was awesome. Anything that I needed, it was just really cool. Shout out to Johnny Hickey, filmmaker Johnny Hickey. Uh, he came out. We were uh, doing some stuff there. Shout out to his uh, cameraman, Keith, who was a cool guy who came out to help us out um and it was just a great weekend what we did of course my older brother christian shout out to my older brother christian who come, came out christian um went to boston university and um he always like christian always loves when i come out to the new england area just because that was you know that was his old stomping ground and uh so one thing i like to do when i am in uh, providence is i like to go to the uh, cigar bar uh and it is attached uh, on the side of. It's attached to the Omni Hotel uh, in downtown Providence. It's a great cigar bar. Uh, it's got a great humidor, great little private rooms. So we were hanging out back there in a the private room. Only thing was on the Friday night we went, it was so packed that it was like even too smoky for me, and I'm a cigar smoker. It was a little much. But towards the end of the night, people started to leave, and you were able to. Uh, to enjoy it, but just kind of relaxed back there, uh, sat there, smoked my Davidoff Nicaraguan and, uh, enjoyed every minute of it, and it was cool because there was only one show on Friday, so I got to get back to the hotel at a reasonable time, because when you go out after the second show, like, sometimes that happens where, like, second show ends, by the time you get out of there, it's, like, 1230, then you gotta rush somewhere to get, like, an hour and a half in before last call, if that And you hang out. You smoke. And by the time you get back to your room, it's like three. And the next day is rough. This was nice. Nice and easy. Davidoff Nicaraguan was sweet. By the way, I want to thank the gentleman who brought me an Avo Nicaraguan cigar. And he asked me if I had it before. I said no. And let me tell you something. I smoked that thing when I got back to New York. And it was awesome. Amazing cigar. Um, Nicaraguans are just better. You know, don't get me wrong. There's some amazing, you know, Dominican cigars. Obviously, Cubans are the best. Nothing is like a Cuban, but the Nicaraguans, I think, are a close second. Nicaraguan Davidoff, the uh, the Avo, they're just great, great sticks. Any any Nicaraguan, any version of a cigar Nicaraguan, I think, is just really, really close and good to a, to a Cuban. So I tried that one, so you guys could check that one out, but it was a really good one. Um, So that was the experience in Providence, and it was a great one, man. Um, I'm definitely going back to that club, and uh, it's it's, it's just always a good time, and you're treated right. Now, I'm going to get into my unacceptable, because my unacceptable is actually kind of a different one when it comes to audience members. Usually... When I do an unacceptable with an audience member or anytime it's usually somebody getting upset with the topic or, you know, you weren't politically correct or somebody is just yelling out, arguing your point or somebody's looking at their phone and this and that. This unacceptable is a little different. This unacceptable is somebody so drunk in the crowd that they're not heckling because they can't heckle. They're just sitting there focusing on either sleeping or not throwing up and like holding their head up with their hands. And I noticed that. This one woman who I thought might be a problem on one of the shows, she just starts yelling and talking. It might have been first show Saturday or whatever. And it was great. I mean, the first show Saturday sold out, packed amazing crowd. And this lady wasn't trying to be a dick. She was just insanely drunk and she was just trying to talk and be a part of it or whatever. So I'm just up there and, you know, whatever, man. It's it's part of the, the job, you know, what do they call it, occupational hazards. Sometimes you got to deal with something... And then I looked over at her during the show, and she was kind of so drunk that there were moments where she was just head down, holding her, like her hands were, both of her hands, the heels of both of her hands were holding her forehead up, and she's just sitting there quietly, and I'm just going, how fucking drunk, how unacceptable is it? Like, can you act like you've fucking been there before? Can you act like you've gone out? Like, I would never do it. Listen, have there been times when I fucking embarrassed myself because of drinking? Yes. Have there been times where I was just overly fucking happy and then I blacked out? Yes. Have there been times where I was kind of short and a dick with somebody I was arguing with and the next day they're like, are you all right? I was like, fine. Whatever. We've all had moments like that of either, you know, happiness or anger or just too drunk or you throw up and you get sick and you wake up and you're kind of like, fuck what happened and whatever that happens at parties that happens when you go out. But I never, I don't think ever in my life have I went and paid tickets to something and just got so fucked up and obliterated that A, I couldn't remember or pay attention to what I was watching all right, or B, I was sleeping during what I was watching. That's just insane. Makes absolutely no sense to me how you could do it. The only time I ever fell asleep during something that I was paid for for me to go and sit and watch was when I was nine years old, or whatever it was, eight years old, sitting on my father's lap during Rodney Dangerfield at Radio City because it was. But I remember him. I remember his opener, Bob Nelson. And I remember him coming out and the place going nuts and I remember him telling jokes and certain things happened and then by the end I was sleeping. And that's because it was way past my bedtime and I was a fucking 8 year old kid so I couldn't hack it anymore. But I wouldn't get, it's unacceptable for a grown fucking adult and you know who you are. I know so, and, I, and listen, I'm not talking about games. I know that happens at sporting events. So I'm even giving you a pass, I'm even being generous, I'm giving you a pass if you fell asleep at a sporting event, if you were too drunk at a sporting event, because maybe you tailgated, maybe you lost your shit in the parking lot, maybe somebody started doing shots of tequila at 10 o'clock in the morning, and by the time you got to a 1 o'clock in the afternoon game, you were shit-faced, so you passed out like, you know, two minutes into the third quarter. I'll give you all of that, that's fine, I am talking about grown adults, okay, Men and women, I think it's worse with a woman. Is there anything worse than a woman so drunk at a fucking show where you're supposed to dress nice or, like, be in the crowd and she's just fucking, like, you just picture some dumb asshole doing it or some fucking, you know, ridiculous, you know, arrogant prick who thinks he's, you know what I mean? But, like, for a woman to dress up and go out with friends for something you pay tickets to see a performance and you're just passed out sleeping, it's unacceptable. And I'm not saying that to be sexist. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just saying, like, you know, if my... Look, think about this right now. Everybody listening to this. You have a sister or a brother. Okay, I bet you the majority of you would say, "Ah, yeah, my brother gets fucking hammered. But if you were like, oh, yeah, my sister was fucking just babbling belligerently, and then she passed out at a show, you'd be like, ugh, that's fucking, that stinks. And both stinks. It's, it's It really is almost just as bad as a man. I'm just saying, like, I picture, like, you know, the, the females in my life doing that. I'd be, I don't know. Some people's brothers are animals, let's be honest. But anyway, I digress. So here we go. If you are a grown adult, and you pay for a fucking ticket to something, okay, whether it's a Broadway play, a comedy show, you know, a concert that's not heavy metal, I'm talking about a concert you sit down, okay, you should have the same amount of attention listening as if you see a comedy show or you go to a fucking Stevie Wonder concert, which I'd love to go to, by the way, he was at the garden yesterday, but that's what I'm saying, listen, be alert, act like you've been there before, you're getting dressed up nice, you're going out to dinner probably, you're putting on, you know, you're putting on the good shoes or whatever, and you're going to sit, and you're going to watch art, you're going to watch a a performance, a performer, whether it's comedy or fucking music, whatever it is, bear their soul, and you're going to watch it to appreciate it, and you're going to get so fucking obliterated that you're falling asleep during it, absolutely unacceptable, shame on you, you fucking animals, belong in a cage or not out of the fucking house, they should chain your doors up, okay, it's absolutely unacceptable, not only is it unacceptable, you should be ashamed of yourself, it's an absolute fucking disgrace, and I hope everybody listening to it thinks about this podcast, or I hope somebody whether you're a man or a woman, whoever you are, whoever gets, whoever the asshole in the group is who gets fucked up before they go out, I hope whoever's with you plays This part of the episode, whatever it was, 14 minutes to 17 minutes, whatever the fuck it is, 13 minutes to 19 minutes, whatever part of this podcast it is, somebody needs to play this part of episode 235 while you're getting dressed so you don't act like a fucking asshole or make a fool of yourself because you're sitting there sleeping. Or for that matter, just miss a show you're paying money for or wasting money. Either way, it's absolutely fucking unacceptable. I'm not talking about yelling, I'm not talking about heckling, I'm not talking about arg, I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm just talking about people that are so fucked up they miss the show or fall asleep. It's unacceptable. And you know who you are. I know there's people listening to this shit right now saying that to you. And yes, shame on you. Shame on you. Okay? Look, if you got a little stomach bug, you got to get up and go puke and you miss a portion of the show and then you realize you got to go home because you got sick, fine. That's fine. But if you had fucking 16 drinks at Applebee's from fucking 6.30 to 8 o'clock and then you fucking ran into a theater shit-faced and by the time the person you came to see gets on stage or by the time the show starts, you fucking don't even remember it and you're sleeping and you're snoring and your friends got to hold your head up, you're a fucking shit show. It's a debacle and it's unacceptable. So there you have it. Stop falling asleep for shit you paid for, dickheads. There's my unacceptable for the week. Not going to lie, I'm on fire. I'm on fire right now. I just, I feel it. Like, I feel, I feel, I'm into it. I'm into it, which is good. Okay, here we go. Let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Like I said, uh, going to talk about a little Thanksgiving. Going to talk about some other shit. Got some sports, got a movie. So here we go. Okay, this one is from uh, Faux Hammer. He says, Dear Paul, I think you might understand my anger when it comes to this unacceptable being a golfer yourself. So I was out on the course that I am a member at, jumping from green to green with a putter one evening. Uh, There was about 15 minutes of daylight left when I heard the loud revs of what sounded like a motorcycle. Next thing I know, uh, there's some dickhead animal on a 50cc dirt bike ripping down the fairway uh, next to me. Okay, so that's ridiculous. Uh, Now, I know golfers are thought of as grumpy 45 to 70-year-old scourges who complain at the slightest disturbance uh, at their gold cores. Uh, But this is just uh, bang-out order fucked up. My blood boiled as he began jumping uh, the bunkers. Then he started to speed down the fairway toward the green. He wouldn't uh he wouldn't ruin a green, would he? I asked myself uh hell wow, he would and he did Wow, the fuck cunt actually uh braked hard on the green, sliding across, ripping up the turf uh as a as he went i guess you were saying as he went or you spelled that wrong whatever unacceptable to the highest order uh he came towards me and pulled out what he came towards me, and I pulled out my phone. The dick got spooked and rode off uh, to a nearby neighborhood. The real unacceptable here is that the course has no barriers to block out fuckos like this. Unacceptable. Put him in, <laughs> put him in one of the ball cages from the circus. Thanks, Paul. Wow, dude. Uh, yeah, that. I mean, is there like a golf ranger or somebody that has seen this guy before? Or the, I mean. I would have given him a pass if he just, like, got lost in the woods and ended up on a golf course and wanted to get the fuck out of there. But the fact that he's speeding down fairways and then he's ripping up the green with the bike and breaking and tearing it all up, that's fucked up, man. That's a that's a dick move. That guy's dad probably got fired from a golf course and he just fucking probably lost it. Dad came home crying after being a golf pro for, like, fucking 35 years somewhere. And uh, the guy just I was like, you know what, fuck this. And he just started crying. I was like, oh, this is for you, dad. Uh, Thank you for the submission. Um, Here we go. This is from Derek Morin. Uh, Verzi, so one of my coworkers took the trip from southern New Hampshire to MSG to see you in Burr. I unfortunately was not able to go. She was in a section that couldn't hear, and even though it was uh, that they couldn't hear, they were also drunk. I was laughing when you talked about it on the episode. She was stoked to hear you reference them. Anyway, I just found this picture of a screenshot I saved from a convo I had with a friend of mine. Thought you would get a kick out of it. I love that unacceptable uh I love that unacceptable animal. See attached. Um okay, so this is from his buddy, Neil. And he said, Dude, you know uh Dude, you know how I'm going to hell? Yeah. What'd you do? I fucked a girl yesterday and passed out on her floor drunk. Pissed all over myself. Woke up early in the morning and moved myself and blamed her dog and watch her clean it up. And then you go, nice dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, that's hilarious. Jesus. I pissed myself once. I did. It was my buddy, uh, I'll never forget this, my buddy Tony Capolino. Shout out to him wherever he may be. I think he's in uh, Washington, D.C. or something. He was my friend in high school. And uh, he his parents had a beautiful big mansion. And they asked all of his friends to be the valet parkers for the wedding. So we all dress up, and we're in suits, and we're parking all these nice cars. We're taking cars from the house. We're driving them down this huge driveway into this parking lot, and we're just going back and forth, and we're just doing this thing, and I'm parking all these beautiful cars. And it was amazing, and it was an amazing wedding. My uh, great aunt happened to be one of the entertainment because she was a singer, a Greek singer. My mother's 100% Greek, and my um, great aunt, my great aunt uh, was in a very popular kind of like famous. Greek band and um, so they were there at this wedding so like I was like oh my god there's my Aunt Mary it was just this crazy thing anyway long story short end of the night the wedding's over all the friends stay upstairs sleeping over and um, me and this one girl in high school were just going shot for shot shot for shot and I just you know I wanted to win and we kept going and I started drinking like by the time the vodka and all that shit was done I started drinking like grandma yay I started doing shots of sweet stuff Long story short, I puked all over my suit, then they uh, cleaned me up and put me in like pajamas, like I just like sweatpants, and I passed out in a chair, and I woke up in that chair, pissed myself, and I got naked and was freezing and had nowhere to go, and my buddy Chad was on the ground, and all my friends were just on the ground, and I just like found like the end of the comforter, And I just fucking laid there. I took part of the blanket. And I remember waking up in the morning. I just go, why the fuck am I naked? And Chad just popped out of bed. (laughs) Popped off the thing. Like, what the fuck? It was really, uh, yeah, it wasn't my finest moment. But I was a young kid. But anyway, thank you for bringing me back to that uh, memory. Thank you for the submission, too. All right, here we go. This is from Hassan Odom. Hey, Paul. uh, I'll do my best to keep it short, but you you called it on the stomach flu. So my girl and I went down to Hershey, PA, for Gabriel and show. We stayed at the Roadway Inn, small hotel owned by uh, an Indian family. After we checked in, I went to the bathroom and realized the toilet wouldn't flush correctly. Like the water would fill up, but it would just stay full and slowly go down after about a half hour. I told them about this and they came in with a plunger and it didn't work. There were no other rooms, and they said sorry and told us to just be careful. So we go to the show, and it's uh, let's hold on, and it lets out about 11 p.m. So grab some Wendy's and crush it at the hotel. Ten minutes later, I feel the party starting in my stomach. My girl passes out, and I find myself in the bathroom giving birth to a demon into the toilet. Now after about 20 minutes of hardcore shitting I begin to get the spits. Oh boy. You know when you feel like you're about to throw up? Oh, yes I do, Hassan. I grabbed <laughs> I grabbed the trash can and just put it in front of my face. So luckily I didn't throw up because I fought it like a champ. So I wasn't uh so it wasn't as bad as your stomach virus situation, but uh it was goddamn close to me also um, filling up the trash can with puke. Uh, wow. It was close to me filling up the trash can with puke. I was in the bathroom for about two hours shitting and spitting into the trash can. Oh, God. Getting up and waddling to the sink during the shit breaks to drink water. It was brutal. Remember the to- <laughs> Remember the toilet was broken, right? So I stand up only to find, oh, God, a bowl full of uh ice tea colored water and just pancakes of shit floating around I flush it hoping that it would go down after a half hour but it didn't. the water would go down but the pancakes of shit and toilet uh, and toilet tissue remained in the toilet. I consider getting a cup and trying to oh get some of the shit. Out. <laughs> Get some of this shit out. Not leaving That mess for the housekeeper Like a gentleman I said fuck it And left it there Unacceptable hotels uh, Should check If everything is working Before you check in uh, Your next guest My girl said The shower drain Was also backed up So it's a plumbing issue Fix it Put those fuckers in a cage and feed them shit pancakes. Keep up the good work, Paul, still. But blasting your special out of my car stereo when I drive to the market. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I hope your stomach thing is better, uh, especially before tomorrow. And, um, yeah, that was fucking really gross and uh, hilarious. Thank you for the submission. Okay. Let's see. Here we go. Um, This is from Greg uh, Roselli. I'll keep this one quick, and I got a question that only you and Burr could answer. I uh, mean, I guess you're refer- okay, referring to me and Bill Burr here. Let's see what let's see what it is. My unacceptable is when you are in a public bathroom with multiple urinals open, and a dude has to come piss right next to you. Yeah, we've had that one a couple times. That's a man code violation. Who the fuck wants some dude whipping out his Hogan? I never heard that before. Uh, right next, I never heard that uh, whipping out his Hogan right next to you, leaning. On the wall and pissing. It's fucking unacceptable. Uh, leaning on the wall piss Yes. It's fucking unacceptable. It is. Uh, if it's available, you take the furthest off from another man's dick. I feel like this is common sense. But the amount of people that do it is fucking ridiculous. I agree 100%. That's a, we've That's had that one before too. And it's the same thing with the movie theater. When the movie theater is empty and, and you're sitting somewhere and somebody wants to sit near you. Uh, anyway. I know you are big into cigars, and uh, I myself have uh, dabbled in the art. Uh, I am a weekend tobacco dipper, but have buddies who smoke cigars. I have tried it and just can't get into it. I'm sure if it is something that comes with age, uh, i do not if sure if it's something that comes with age or acquired taste, any advice you can give, this is a great question, and I'll do it because my brother goes through this too, any advice you could give to us, Novice cigar smokers out there. What's the best stoke to smoke to get us into the yard? Dude, I called it. Um, P.S., you were absolutely right. As a Patriots fan, I was shitting my pants last week because the Giants have our fucking number. Yeah, I got into it with Burr a little bit. Burr's like, you know, every time you go to Boston or New England, you give the fans shit. I wasn't even trying to give the fans shit. I mean, when I was at the Wilbur with them, I did. I did the coming on the face joke. You know, that the Patriots let the Giants come. You know, whatever. But this time, I was just saying like, oh, that was a tough loss. And they all started cheering and going nuts. And I go, relax, guys. You were a little scared. Um, But getting to your question about cigars, I think I'm a good person to ask this question to. So here I go. Now, my older brother doesn't really get into them. I think he smokes them too fast. And that's that's a problem, too. There's a couple of things you have to understand when you're trying to smoke cigars. First of all, when you first, the lighter the leaf is on the outside, okay, the lighter the cigar is on the outside, the easier it is to smoke. So if you're a novice smoker and somebody gives you a cigar and it's dark brown or almost on like the black side, that's going to go right to your head. It's going to fuck you up. It's going to get you sick. Some people even throw up. So f- number one, when you're smoking your cigar at the beginning, don't get a crazy big one. Get a medium to smaller size one, and get one that is very light on the outside, almost the color of like a like a brown lunch bag or lighter than that, like a khaki brown type of color, because that's gonna be a lighter that's gonna be a lighter smoke and it's not gonna you know go right to your head, and even if it does, it'll be much much more minor. The second thing to smoking a cigar is, obviously, you never inhale them. You're supposed to get a little bit of smoke in your mouth for the taste, and then the more you get experience, that's when you could put more smoke in your mouth, and you know when you exhale. Like I love, like I love it so much that I get the smoke in my mouth, and when I exhale, I love when it goes, you know, in my nostrils, and I could smell it, and I could get the whole flavor of the cigar. Um, I would suggest to somebody that you know has friends that smoke a lot and they want to smoke, don't do that right away because that's not going to work for you. Okay. Um, what you need to do is you need to take very light puffs of a light, small cigar, just get the taste in your mouth and sip it with your favorite drink. And then together, what's going to happen is you're going to get the acquired taste with that drink. So if you like whiskey scotch or a certain beer or a certain wine, when you go out, just take a little light puff. Don't go crazy with it and just let it out and, and and do it really, really slow and then it's going to start to get faster and bigger puffs and then all of a sudden you're going to really get, like, like me now, I don't go too, too heavy body because there's, there's three different kinds of cigars. There's light, medium, and, and full body cigar. A full body is a very dark, big, a lot of fucking flavor. It goes right to your head and if you're a new at it, you're going to just fucking throw up because you just can't, can't hack it. You know what I mean? You're just going to be like, fuck this and then it's going to give you, so, Um, I would go easy with it, Greg. I would find a nice light one for me. I love starting out with the Romeo and Julieta. Those are the ones that I started out with, the 1895 Romeo and Julieta, not too big. You know, I just get like the medium or small Romeo and Julieta, light it, take nice, easy puffs, don't go crazy with it, and, and, uh, and, and I think that that'll help. Let me know how that works out for you, too. Great question. All right, here we go. Um... All right, this might be the last one on the emails, and then we'll get some uh, Twitter, which is not a lot. So uh, it's been a quick turnaround. That's why there's not many. And by the way, guys, if you want to send uh, me your unacceptable, please send it to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. That's unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Anything you want to write, if you want to write to me, not a a unacceptable, have me read it. I'll get back to you, whatever it is. Uh, Here we go. This one is from Blake Anderson. And Blake Anderson says, Hey, Paul, been listening for six months now. Love the show. Love the album. The highest compliments, my friend. Well, thank you very much, Blake. I really appreciate that. Here's my unacceptable. So I broke up with my ex a few years ago and haven't talked to her in more than two years. I had a hard time moving on. It took me a while, and she knew it. But I've moved on and since met the love of my life, and am now engaged. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Here's the quick backstory. I broke up with her after I found a Craigslist personals posting of hers claiming that her fiance, me, was giving her one night of freedom before we tied the knot and she was ready to cash in. Wow. Holy shit, dude. Uh, obviously, this was not true. Uh, An STD is hardly the wedding gift I would want to receive. She left her email open and I found it. So I stopped, dropped, I stopped, (laughs) so I stopped, dropped her like DMX in 2002. And you were absolutely right too, man. That is fucking nuts, dude. Dude, how fucking scary is that? That you're about to fucking marry a girl and that happens? Like, like, what the fuck? Uh, After two years uh, of no contact, she texts me. On my birthday, and I don't know how she found my new phone number. She texts, uh, in quotes, Stupid boy by uh, by Keith Urban, I hate you, so I ignore it. Um, until I'm reminded about Eminem's song, Puke, which, if you haven't heard it, is an entire song about how he becomes violently ill whenever he thinks about his ex. Worst listen... Uh, Worth a listen. It's a funny track. I respond with Puke by Eminem. Hope all is well. She responds two days later with, You are a disgusting asshole. Um, I haven't and won't be responding to anything more that she sends me. I'm engaged to literally the woman of my dreams uh, and am 18 months away from graduating with a degree in uh, petroleum engineering. Wow. And I've come into my own. She's seen that I am a catch. And, uh... I'm sorry. She's seen that I am a uh, catch. And that I'm with a girl 20 times better than her. Uh, I'm glad that she put me through so much shit. Or else I wouldn't be where I am today. But these game-playing, sadistic, thriving on drama, Jersey Shore, uh, (laughs) emulating twats... Need to be locked up with the key broken off in the lock... Don't try and drag someone down when you find out you're excelling in life, uh, when they're excelling in life and you made the mistake of being disloyal. Keep up the good work, my friend. I hope you make it to Salt Lake City sometime in the future. All the best, Blake. Yeah, man. Thank you, Blake. And I got to tell you something, dude. That really sounds like you dodged a bullet, man. You're lucky. Like, really lucky. Like, think about that for a second. Like, let's just say, let's just say for, just hypothetically, you didn't see that email. Now, you're about to marry a girl or or just stay with a girl, be with a girl that is putting out there like she's ready to cash in. Could you imagine what would happen if you got married or had kids with somebody like that? Like, that's crazy, man. So, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that, uh, you know, life finds a way sometimes to make things work out. I'm glad you found the girl of your dreams. I'm glad everything worked out. And, uh, woo, that's scary, man. I know a lot of dudes shaking their head as soon as they heard that. Like, what the fuck, man? That is scary shit. Uh, thank you for the submission, as always. And, uh, make me check my wife's fucking email. That's gonna make me check my wife's email and shit. I don't even do that. And that was that fucking scary. Uh, so, uh, that's your guys'. Uh, unacceptables, again, send them Unacceptables for TVE at Gmail and I did have a couple on Twitter so I'll get to those, not many and then we're going to go and talk about some other stuff so um, what did we have here we had um, alright, this is from Kevin Bush at uh, DE Goalie and that's three capitals D-E-G and then O-A-L-I-E uh, I thought it was a joke, but it's not unacceptable. Latest manscaping trend, glittered beards. Now listen to me right now, okay? I saw this. It is one of the worst. It's like these guys got like green and pink glitter. It almost looks like snow frost on their thing, but it's like shiny and colored. It's fucking awful. Great unacceptable, Kevin. There's only word for that is unacceptable. Um, awful. Uh, Next one is from People Stew, at People Stew, S-T-E-W, capital P, capital S, at People Stew. Paul Verzi, in line for beer at the Blazers game. Some animal with 20 behind him decides to sample beers before (laughs) before ordering. Oh my God, Jesus. Ah, hashtag unacceptable. And it is absolutely unacceptable. You are absolutely right about that. Glittered beards and sampling beers with a with a line at a fucking ball game. What the fuck is the world coming to? It's the world coming to. Now that is ridiculous. Let me tell you something right now. If you guys ever saw a picture of me with my fucking face glittered, stop listening to my podcast and fucking send me back the album. Cause that's awful. Um Okay, this one is from uh, Adika. I hope I'm saying that right. And it's at A D I C A, and then the capital A D I C A, and then capital C Z like zebra A R. Okay, so at Adika Zar, I believe. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Paul Vozzy, lift kit and all. Hashtag unacceptable. Cats meow, and it is a picture of the back of like a Toyota Tundra. Yeah, it's the back of a pickup truck, and it says Catitude. Not attitude, but Catitude. C-A-T-T-I-T-U-D-E. Catitude as a sticker under the handle that opens up the flatbed in the back of the uh, pickup truck. That's another great one. You guys are crushing it. You guys crushed it this week with the Unacceptables. Those are perfect. Um... Unbelievable. Okay, here we go. This is from Justin at JJ Rodman99. A woman is trying to write Taco Bell a check in the drive-thru. Oh, <laughs> uh, hashtag old fashioned animal. Hashtag this isn't a water bill. Hashtag unacceptable. Another great one. Think about that. Glittered beard, cat. Fucking, oh, uh, that is awesome. You guys fucking nailed it this week. Glittered beard, a cat, for catitude in the back of a pickup truck. Ah, uh, I mean, what? Uh, it's just perfect what you guys did. You guys absolutely fucking slayed it. The glittered beard one, though. I mean, that one is just, I mean, it's, it's almost like you hope to God it's a joke. You know? And sampling beers at a basketball game. It, I mean, these are great ones. So thank you for the uh, submission. Uh, I guess JJ, it, it, that was the that was the name that came up. So I don't know if that, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's a nickname. But uh, thank you guys, all you guys, for the submission. That was hilarious. I'm just looking to see if we have any more. I don't think I see any more here. Um, so we will move on. That is it for the Unacceptables. Thank you guys so much for um, submitting. And uh, please go to Twitter and go to Unacceptables or TVE. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Chris Frost at MM Frosty Boy sent one. He said, Dude snoring at a library sent me the video. And I'm going to see if you guys could hear it. Oh, it's a light snore. Yeah, so there's a dude in the library sitting on the couch, ass out cold, head back, and he's got a light snore in his hand over his face, and he's in the library. Um, Oh, here's another one. Dan Phillips, at Dan3481. People paying by check in a supermarket and holding up the damn line, hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, the check thing's got to stop. All right, guys, that's Unacceptables uh, for the week. Please, uh, please, uh, send me, uh, any, any more. Oh, I'm sorry, What is there one? Okay, no, that's, uh, that was from, a uh, Jared at J, and then it was, uh, J-G-A-U-V. I don't know how to spell that. Capital J-G, and then A-U-V. Can't find anyone to go see Paul Verzi with Unacceptable, if you knew, uh, if I knew this was going to happen, I'd have started a Kickstarter to pay for <laughs> an escort. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm taking it that that was for the yeah comedy connection, man. wish you came out. Uh, sorry about that. Tell your friends to get on that shit, dude. Uh, okay, guys, that is, uh, that is it for the Unacceptables. Let's talk about some other things now. Now, I wanted to get into a couple things. I'm trying to buy a truck. I'm trying to find another truck here. My wife has a truck. I have a car. Here's the deal. I'm going to keep my car because I put a ton of miles on my car. So I just buy like a, you know, I got a Japanese car and I just drive it an hour back and forth, hour each way, almost like four or five times a day from my house into the city. So I'm not going to get anything nice because I'm not going to put fucking 50,000 miles on a car in two years. However, my wife doesn't have the commute that I have and I am sick and tired of the fucking truck that we have for her. So I am looking for a awesome SUV truck. If any of you guys know anybody, if any of you guys have the hookup, I mean, obviously, I'd like it to be around here. You know, don't call me up and be Yo, dude, I'm in Minnesota. I got a fucking Chevy dealership over here. And I don't know why, if you, have, if you live in Minnesota, I just gave you a fucking Brooklyn accent. Uh, it'd be more like, Oh, yeah, we got a fucking... Uh, but I need something. Yesterday, I walked into Land Rover... I walked into Chevy, I walked into a couple, and, you know, I, uh, it's just, this is a rough week, it's, by the way, I walked into a Land Rover dealership, right, and they're really expensive, like, the, the Ranges and the Land Rovers and stuff, and, like, you know, I'm not, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to go absolutely crazy with it, I just want a better truck for my wife, but I went there and they were like, listen, we only have two salespeople, one's going on a delivery and one is at a delivery, so can you wait a half hour to talk to somebody, and I was like, no, can't fucking wait a half hour, what are you, are you serious, you have two fucking, it was like a ton of, it was like a, it was a Land Rover Volvo shop, it's like, I'm not gonna fucking sit here and wait, there's a million people with Volvo sweaters or fleeces on, and I was like, can you fucking... I don't know, bring one of them over, throw them another fleece, put a Land Rover fleece on some fucking asshole, so I can can look at a truck, and I'm not, it's not worth it too, the price for the trucks is not worth it, I looked over at Chevy, um, but let me know, I'm open to anything, I'm open to anything, I'm looking for a nice truck, I want a fucking DVD player in the car, or like really good inside shit, so my, you know, so the family could have some shit in there, so let me know if you know anybody, but that's what I want to do, I want to get a new truck. I am, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of, we have a Nissan truck now, I'm not a fan of Nissan anymore, fuck Nissan, the customer service sucked, the truck stinks, I don't like it, I don't like it, I I want to get something else, so if you know anybody, East Coast, you know, Jersey, New York, Connecticut, you know, even Massachusetts, I'll go if the deal's right, Rhode Island, just hook us up. Something, if you know somebody, if you know something, because I can't pick the right thing. I need a nice fucking truck, all right? Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, It is Thanksgiving, everybody. It is Thanksgiving tomorrow, and uh, I love Thanksgiving. I don't know many people that don't love Thanksgiving. If you love, I mean, if you don't love Thanksgiving, how fucking unhappy of an asshole are you? Like, if you think about that, if you don't love being with your family, doing nothing but sitting and eating and drinking, enjoying yourself, enjoying your loved ones. Like, if you just don't like it, then it's you. It's you. And it probably explains why you're lonely and unhappy. There's no fucking reason to not like that. I mean, listen, it's not Christmas. Christmas is Jordan. I've always said that. Christmas is Jordan. Uh, But Thanksgiving is definitely a close... Like, if Thanksgiving was a football player... It would be if Thanksgiving was a football player. I would say it would be <clears throat> like Peyton Manning, and here's why: because it's not the greatest, but it, it you know in its prime it gets the job done. And then by the time it's over, you feel fat and bloated, and you question things. It's exactly Peyton Manning, you know. Peyton Manning starts out, it's awesome. God, this guy's throwing fucking all these yards. This guy's accurate. This guy's good. This is going to be great. That's like the meal and the turkey and then the dessert. And then all of a sudden you go and you sit down and you start getting uncomfortable. Your stomach's rumbling. You're tired, but there's people over. You can't sleep. And that's when he throws the interception in a playoff game or gets knocked out in the first round. You know. Now, if Christmas was a football player, it would be Brady or Montana. Jordan if it was basketball you know that's that's, that's it's Christmas is Christmas Um, alright so I'm looking forward to that that's gonna be good my wife's not letting me make macaroni and cheese you fucking believe that shit do you fucking believe that I wanted to make a mac and cheese and she was just like no no I have it all set up just don't and you know what folks you know what I've learned and my wife is cool, she's not a pain in the ass. A, she was right, because I was probably not going to put my fucking heart into it. I probably would have half-assed it. No, I wouldn't have half-assed it, but like, you know, it would have just made me feel fucking fat and more bloated, and I probably would have ate extra because I made it, and I would have been just shoveling fucking cement and fat down people's throats because I made something, and they would have been like, oh, that's all right, and everybody would have fucking left early because they got a fucking cinder block in their stomach. So it's probably better off. But I'm on, I think every once in a while, like once every three to four months, you need to binge on mac and cheese. No matter what your diet is, no matter if you know, no matter where you're at, weight wise, fat, skinny, every once in a while, if you like mac and cheese, you just got to throw down one time with it. Even if it's like to, you know, just not in the best interest of your fucking diet or your, your, even the way you feel, just throw it down. The stand in New York City has some of the best. It's It's crazy. And I like, I like mac and cheese with a little hot sauce. I'm a cranberry sauce guy. I actually like the cranberry. I know a lot of people disagree with this. I like the cranberry sauce out of the can. I actually do. I think it's because when I was little, I had it at my grandma's house. I just love it. Shout out to my 96-year-old uh, Greek grandmother, Yaya. I love you. And I got to come and see you. I got to come and see her. I got to go and see her. But, um, yeah, she used to have the cranberry sauce in the can. And I liked it a lot. Um, stuffing is unbelievable. Stuffing on the plate is the sleeper. You know, stuffing's the one that you think like. But I mean, if you get a good stuffing, like you put a little sausage in the stuffing, or you get a good stuffing with gravy, game changer. Fucking game changer. I want to. Uh, I don't. I don't think my wife's ever gonna let me do this, but I want to like an Italian up the Italian up Thanksgiving a little bit, or at least dessert wise. You know. Get some cannolis, maybe some, you know, get some nice shit. You know, just, I mean, listen, I'm a Mediterranean guy. I'm Italian and Greek. Why don't you throw a little fucking, throw a little something else in there? Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, I know it's an American thing. I, I get it. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to discredit that, but you know, let's be honest. If the fucking pilgrims knew what was up, there'd be some fucking nice shit over there, you know? Um, All right, I don't know what I'm talking about. That made no sense. Turkey's just fine. All that stuff is fine. Uh, I'll tell you one thing my wife does make, though, and I'm not a big broccoli guy, but they make like this broccoli thing where the broccoli gets all like kind of mushed up and mashed up with this hot, spicy stuff, and it's spicy and insane. And I am looking forward to that. Sit back, watch some football. How about them cowboys getting beat again tomorrow? Because that's what's going to happen by the Carolina Panthers, who are ten and zero. How about the Carolina Panthers? This is a good segue. Let's get right into some sports, and then I'm going to talk about a movie I saw. Um, so let's let's talk about football right now. Um, as you guys know, my picks for the Super Bowl were the uh, were the Green Bay Packers against the Colts. Um, it's not really looking good for the Colts. I mean, I guess they're going to try to weather the storm and see if they could go on a little end of the season run to get in, but it's not looking good for them. Packers, however, uh, Aaron Rodgers is so good. That team could figure it out. That's a team that could be definitely a uh, force to be reckoned with in the uh, playoffs for the NFC. The Giants don't not have what it takes. Defensively, they just don't. It sucks, but they don't. Um, they're an amazing offensive team. Eli's having a great year. Odell Beckham Jr. is awesome. But, of course, uh, you know, Cruz is out again. Cruz has surgery. He's out again. And, you know, we got JPP's not JPP, the shit that happened with his hand and all this stuff. So, uh, our defensive backs stink. I mean, you never know with the Giants because Coughlin and Eli are so good in the playoffs. They might go on a run, but I, I, like they don't have like a. It's not like their defense is a bend not break. Their defense is a break, and um, so that's the problem that I have with them. But Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers, ten and O, and doing it, having fun, doing it convincingly. Uh, they look like they enjoy each other. The coach has got things going good over there. I don't know man that the uh, that's good that's a good team. And uh you know the Bengals I don't know but I said this on Twitter yesterday 2 days ago Carson Palmer and the Cardinals underrated and not talked about enough Larry Fitz is still crushing it. Still crushing it. So it's going to be real interesting these last 6 weeks of the NFL because um you know, not everybody's good. You know, like a lot of teams, and, and I got to be honest. I mean, as much as I don't think the Giants could get a go on a Super Bowl run with this defense, and I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but the defense isn't showing me anything different. But that that NFC East is so weak. The Giants, I mean, that's theirs. That's theirs to win, or to lose. But it's 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 up to the Giants because the Cowboys. You know, I know they won when Romo was back. I don't think they have enough. Um. I don't think they have enough. I don't think the Cowboys have enough. I think it's too late. Romo missed too many games. I mean, they'd basically have to run the table and the Giants would have to really shit the bed. Um, the, you know, the Redskins lost. The Eagles are in a real bad way right now. I mean, this NFC East is the Giants to win and the Giants should already have two more wins than they already have, but it is what it is. You can't cry about it. Um... And that's it. We uh, One thing I want to talk about, and tell me what you guys think about this. We get into arguments, okay? I mentioned this before on the podcast. I'll tell you guys now, and then I will review a movie and get you guys out of here. All right? Let me make sure. Let me just make sure. I uh, Everything I wrote down here, we've talked about so far. Yep, buying a car, movies. No, not movies yet. Uh, unacceptable. Did I mention that the album is for uh, sale right now on my uh, website for $10? And the TV uh, poster? Yeah, jump on that. Get it. $5 for the poster, $10 for the CD. Now, the argument that we had was... Okay, and you can only get that on paulverze.com. Imagine if I plugged everything after I said anything. I'm like, yeah, so I saw this movie. You guys go to my Twitter? Um... (laughs) So... We're sitting... You guys know that the... the, uh, the infamous screaming match, which was us in Vegas last year. For you guys that don't know, it was the Four Horsemen. That's right. Myself, Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick, and uh, Bill Burr are sitting at the Mirage, eating the best steak of our lives, and we all agreed. The steakhouse in the Mirage, I bit the meat and I lost my shit. I could not fuck it. It was the best steak I've ever had in my life, hands down. It was an absolute joke. Now, we get into a fight. Now, you have to understand, and I'm sorry if you guys heard this story before, I'm sorry, but uh, I told it a long time ago, and I'll tell it again, because this fight resurfaced yesterday. And it didn't get crazy the way that it did at the Mirage, but I'll tell you guys what happened at the Mirage and what this ongoing kind of thing is. Now, um, Joe Bartnick and Bill Burr are older than me, uh, significantly older, or they're 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 older by, you know, I'm the youngest of all four of us, okay? Uh, Lawhead is, I think, Lawhead's like five, six years older than me, and Joe and Bill are, are like, close to like, you know, 10 years older than me. And I say that because these guys have seen a lot more sports than me. Uh, these guys have seen um, some of the best middleweights in boxing. They've seen the era that had uh, Thomas the Hitman Hearns, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, R- uh, Roberto Durant. Like, they, they saw all of these guys. Um, in their in their prime in the middleweight division. And, uh, you know, me, I kind of, you know, I was more coming up like Roy Jones Jr. And, you know, obviously now, um, you know, now Floyd Mayweather. So we're sitting in the mirage. And I said that Floyd Mayweather is the fastest ever. And whether his fights are boring and this and that. And, you know, their whole thing is that he's not, he doesn't have heart and he just wins on points. And he does this. And, uh, somebody said, dude, if Marvin Hagler fought him, he'd kick the shit out of him. And if Thomas Hearns had him, they would fuck kick... And Lawhead went a little big on it. And Lawhead's like, oh, Marvin Hagler would get him in the fucking ropes and kick the shit out of that little... And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, let's just be clear here for a second, okay? If we're gonna talk like fucking adults, like my boy Giannis says, and I love when Giannis says it because he's right. If we're gonna talk serious here, let's talk serious here, Okay? And I'm sorry if I get a little passionate now, but just hear me out and hear what I'm saying. Now, do I love Floyd Mayweather? No. Has he ripped a lot of people off with fucking pay-per-views? Absolutely. Okay, but that's not the point, everybody. This was my point. My point is, if somebody is fucking 47, 48, 49, and 0 in their career, show a little fucking respect for a guy who has the fastest hands in boxing history, maybe, and that's true, hands-wise, he may he very well may be the fastest hands-wise, he also has that shoulder move, that shoulder dip, which makes him almost, he's almost fucking impossible to hit, and they, uh, Giannis uh, Pappas, my buddy, had one of the greatest analogies, he said that, Floyd Mayweather's like shoulder turn and shoulder slide is is comparable to Mariano Rivera's cutter when you knew it was coming and you couldn't do anything about it. And it's one of the most beautiful sports analogies I've ever heard because that's exactly what Mayweather's thing is. You just can't hit him. And when you think you have him, he's fucking dancing around you. He's insanely fast and he wins on points. Now, to Bill Burr's defense... Bill Burr actually said, you know what, I'm not going to say that everybody will kick the shit out of him. I'll give him two and two against those greats. And I was good with that. I was like, okay, fine. Maybe one or two of those guys catch him. Maybe it's a dogfight. He loses on points. Maybe one of them knocks him out. You never know. But the idea... That this guy's going to just go in there and get the shit kicked out of him is one of the craziest, most disrespectful things anybody could say about a champion who's undefeated. Now, I know he doesn't get into these brawls. I know he doesn't give you the great legendary fights that people wanted to see. But quite frankly, I think he's so good and I think he's so fucking fast that I don't think he ever needed to be in those brawls. I don't. I think he's like, why, why don't I spare my fucking head and face because I'm faster than this guy. Dude, when he fought Oscar De La Hoya, they had to super slow-mo it. People actually thought it was a good fight because De La Hoya would get him on the ropes and do a flurry. He blocked every one of them. And in super slow-mo, you saw Floyd beating the shit out of him. He beat the shit out of him. His, it was almost comical. His fucking his fists and hands were so fast in the body, he was breaking him down physically and beating him. And you couldn't even see it in real time. Okay. Now, I know he fought Oscar De La Hoya out of his prime, so whoever's saying that right now listening, I get it. You're right. But you know who else he did beat? He beat Castillo twice, who I know I've, and I know and have heard of how tough of a son of a bitch that guy is. Uh, he beat Mikel Cotto. He beat uh, a warrior in Arturo Gatti, rest his soul. He beat Canelo Alvarez. He beat Juan Marquez. He beat Antonio Margarito. So... All I'm saying is, I'm not saying that those guys are Hagler, Hearns, you know, Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, when a guy is undefeated and a guy is fast like that, to say that he's going to get the shit kicked out of him is not fair, okay? Now, Burr made another good point where he said, look... This guy fucking hyped up all these fights. And there were times he could have probably put a guy away if he went and got a little dirty. And instead he beat the guy on points and just fucking, you know. And fine. You know what? Shame on him. I can't really argue that. All I was saying was don't fucking act like this guy is not an all-time fucking legendary great. Because he is. He really is. And uh, we were screaming at each other in Vegas. Like screaming to the point where other tables. it It got crazy. Um... I don't know where this came from, but, uh, anyway, that, uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for, that's gonna do it for sports, um, looking forward to seeing what the Knicks do, we got eight wins last year, we got eight wins already, last year it took us forever to get eight wins cause we only ended up with 17, now we're doing better, so, uh, let me just, uh, talk about this movie, and then I will get you guys out of here, this has been episode 235, I saw a movie, now I know a lot of people like the recommendation of Blue Ruin. So I saw Blue Ruin, and you guys liked it too. It was about, it was a revenge story about a guy who finds out, whatever that is, parents killer, gets out of jail, and he goes and kind of takes it upon himself to get justice. So I kind of looked up movies like that, or similar movies and stuff, and I saw this movie last night called Big Bad Wolves. I don't know if any of you guys saw Big Big Bad Wolves, but it's basically about a guy who, um... Well, there's kids that are going missing and getting gruesomely murdered. I mean, what this guy's doing to kids is the, the absolute worst horror story that you could have as a parent. And like, kind of like a vigilante cop and the father of one of the victims kind of team up and get the lead suspect, and they start torturing to get answers. And you don't know if he did it, you don't know if he didn't do it, and it's all kinds of stuff like that, and it gets sick, it's intense. I was like, oh my God, it was fucking brutal, man like there were times where I was just squinting my eyes going oh my god this is crazy sometimes you feel bad for him sometimes you think it's him sometimes you're like oh man no it definitely is no it definitely isn't and he's getting tortured and it's fucking nuts it's called Big Bad Wolves and it's pretty insane the only thing I didn't like about it was it was in another language and the subtitles came up fast I was like, listen, I didn't fucking go to Rosetta, I didn't, like, I don't learn, I didn't, Rosetta Stone didn't teach me this shit, I can't read it that fast, I couldn't even read English that fast, let alone whatever fuck, you know, whatever language this is, Hebrew, whatever it was, so, but, uh, if it's, if you're up late, it's a great late night watch, take my word for it, man, it's intense, it's, gru- it's fucking gruesome, it's, uh, it it's dark, it's all that stuff, but it's good, It's called Big Bad Wolves. So, check it out. And um, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's a really good movie. If you, you know, if you like, I mean, sometimes you like dark stuff, whatever. I don't know. Uh, that's it, everybody. That's the podcast. Please go to gonzofame.com and check out Dave Gavry over there. Funny up and coming comedian in Chicago's website, uh, gonzofame.com. Go to all things comedy for your best podcasts, also comedy albums, all things records. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Follow them at allthingscomedy. Uh, dates coming up for me, guys. I will be headlining Levity Live, one of my favorite comedy clubs in America. I will be headlining it December 3rd through the 5th. Five shows. Please check it out. Go to my website. Go to levitylive.com. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I just headlined in Providence. It was great. I'm headlining that room. On the 9th, I'll be at the Flamingo Theater Bar in, uh, South Beach, Miami with Joe Bartnick. And uh, and then New Year's Eve, I will be at the Orpheum in L.A. with the Four Horsemen, Lawhead, Bartnick, and Burr. So check that out. Go to my website, paulverzi.com, for uh, all other dates. And I updated it. And like I said, you can now purchase uh, Night at the Stand for $10 on my website. And the uh, Verzi Effect podcast poster for 5 bucks on the website. So check those out. Um, I am out of here until next week. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope you and your family have a great, happy, healthy one. Take care.